Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday, the 8th of March, as we ask, what did Jesus say? Reading through John's Gospel in the period of Lent. And today we come to John chapter 7. It's another lengthy reading as we read all of the chapter together. But John here returns to one of his favourite themes. He has several themes that he likes to go back to time and time again. He talks about light and darkness. He talks a lot about life and death. And as we've discovered already, he has spoken about thirst and hunger quite often as well. And today he returns to this idea of thirst. And in verse 37 of chapter 7, uh, Jesus asked the question, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, or doesn't ask a question, he makes a statement, anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. He's at the festival of tabernacles. He's speaking at it and he is encouraging people to come to him to find satisfaction. And the problem here is that we don't often thirst in the way that somebody in the Middle East in Jesus' day may have thirst. Because whenever you had a thirst, Water was not as easily supplied as simply turning on a tap and uh, pouring a glass of water and drinking it and quenching your thirst. You had to make sure that you had enough water for the day. You had to go to the well and you had to draw that water uh, and all those different things. And if you were thirsty and you didn't have water, it meant only one thing. It would lead to death. And so Jesus is saying here in a spiritual sense... If you are thirsty spiritual, spiritually, then you are dying. You are dead, dead in your sins, and you need life. And the only place that you can find that life is in Jesus Christ himself. This idea of thirsting is not unique to John. It's right throughout the Bible. Think about the psalmist uh, writing as the deer pants for uh, streams of water. So my soul pants for you, O Lord. And Jeremiah tells us, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And there Jeremiah sums it up perfectly for us. Are we simply going to dig a cistern that doesn't hold any water, dig a pit and hope that it fills up with water and hope that we can uh, find our satisfaction there? Those cisterns that the water just poured out of them. So it's like going into the world and taking all that the world has to offer and hope that that will satisfy us. But we simply find that it has leaked out and, uh, and we have nothing of any lasting worth. And Jeremiah also points out that God is the fountain of living water. So he is the one we go to and there's a never ending supply of water from God in those days and in our day today. So do we look for the fountain of living water or do we try to create a broken cistern for ourselves? And that is the choice that we have before us. So Jesus is the only one who can satisfy us. And he doesn't just give us enough just to quench our thirst. He overflows and gives us more than we can ever cope with. And we only have to look at ourselves to decide whether we are trying to quench that thirst in Jesus or we're trying to quench it elsewhere. 
And John, once again, is putting this idea before us that there is a person who is able to quench our thirst. There is a person that we need to come to. This is Jesus. This is the one who is the living water, as Peter just in the previous passage said. You have the words of eternal life. Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the one. So we can spend all our time looking elsewhere, but Jesus is right here. And you think how easy it is to miss Jesus. How many people just simply walk past him and are not interested. How many people who have been to church have decided not to come to Jesus for satisfaction and are now going elsewhere. It is deeply concerning. And Jesus simply makes this statement, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. So let's pray together and then we will read the passage. Lord, you are the satisfaction my heart longs for. Quench my restless heart with living water. Shower the dry places of my life with your presence. Teach me not to go looking in the deserts and broken cisterns for the life-renewing power that you alone can give. Amen. And let's read then uh, John chapter 7, verses 1 to 44. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore, Jesus told them, My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival, I am not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? 
And Jesus said to them, I did one miracle and you were all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly and they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said he is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not Scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Amen.